<laughs> Welcome back to <laughs> Faith of Fame. You're listening right across Australia at 87.6, 87.8. Good thing someone's paying attention. 88, yeah. Shout out to producer Jess. Producer jo- <laughs> Shell. <laughs> producer Jasmine, who's watching us put food in our face right as mics go on. Classic. Oh, no. We're just living our best lives out here. It. Can you give us another clue for the quiz? I can't as soon as I finish this muesli. <laughs> Do you want me to give the clue for the quiz? Okay, go on. Okay. Let me film you doing it. Make sure you get the right one. Hang on, let me get my phone up. Yes, I got it. I got it. Okay. I'm, okay. Oh, I'm just so keen. Three, two, one, go. Okay, Jesus says that if my kingdom were divided against itself, it, could, it couldn't stand. It couldn't stand. It could not stand. So Jesus says that about this person's kingdom. So if you know who that is, you can give us a call 1-800-324-843 and you will get a prize completely for free. All you have to do is answer the question. But, Joe, do you know who that was? Don't say it. I do. Oh, but he knows who it is. He knows oh, who it I, is. I, I, my lips are sealed. Okay. Praise the Lord. Well, Give me that quiz clip, button. What, what are we up to? We're, we're doing... Well, encounter, we're now we're at Encounter. Now we're at Encountering God. And um, by the way, Joe, our Encountering God, we call it the 20 million movement because we do the um, the lesson, the uh, study guide from the from the church. And, uh, of course, there are 22 million other people around the world who are doing this study. Uh, same day, same time that we do it. Uh, they do it in small groups. They do it at home by themselves. And, and everyone else can do it as well. Mm. You can either just follow along with us here or you can get your own copy of the study guide that we use. And uh, it gets printed. A different one gets printed uh, four times a year. So they divide the year up into quarters. And uh, each quarter has a different um, study topic. Mm-hmm. And then the, and the church studies all together. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really nice. But before we jump into it, I, do have, I just have a couple more leftover yeah, let's, questions. Let's, let's just go right, questions <laughs> so, we, so we can refrain for as long as possible about talking about marriage. Is it the topic for today? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Why is every time you and I are on the radio, we get hit with like marriage and sex and husband and stuff and we're like, what? Because <laughs> we're both single, Joe, just in case you haven't figured yeah, yeah. it out. Yeah. So, so, and every yeah. time he fills in for Lyle, the study just happens to be about like marriage. Right. <laughs> we're like, great. Or parenting. Do you remember that yeah. time we yeah. parenting? <laughs> and I talked about how I was a plant mama. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I just do want to, I want to finish off talking about the intergenerational um, PhD that you're working on, Joe, because it is like super interesting. Um, you know, and I have, I have, like a, I'm not even kidding. I have a, like a list of questions in front of me. You know, I, I guess for those who, I guess for those who are just tuning in now, can you just maybe rehash what is intergenerationality? Intergenerationality. I can say it fast <laughs> now because I've had to use the word for the so last three times. years. Is that like yeah. a new phrase, or is it? Um, a... It's it's basically the noun of being intergenerational. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So being intergenerational, um, and basically, um, well, if it's just one generation, it's intra. Okay, so it's just intergenerational. Um, in a lot of churches. Uh, or communities, actually, most places now are multi-generational. And all that means is is everyone's there. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean they're talking to each other. They're just there. Mm. Um, but intergenerational means not only is everyone there, but they're actually, they have a positive relationship with each other. Um, they're interdependent. So that means if um, one group is away, the community will actually notice it and they'll be like, oh, it's a real bummer that they're not here. Yeah. Um, and that's basically what it means to be intergenerational is that mm. y- you have a positive relationship taking place between the generations where there is uh, mutuality that's taking place. There's benefits that's that's being given from mm. everyone by everyone. I just that's wanted right. to... Oh, go on, go on. Yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask you the question. You are talking before um, about the, you know, the difference between qualitative and quantitative statistics and how um, before in this field of research it would only you know be philosophy and, and what people understood from interviews and, 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 and different viewpoints whereas you have now done the job of gathering quantitative statistics mm. you've gone to a lot of different people how, like what what are the numbers behind that like how many churches and or people have you surveyed with this? Um, well I, I should also mention um, I also did interviews as well Okay. So I did yeah. mi- I did what's called mixed because mm-hmm. I'm actually more of a words person than a numbers person. So it was actually a lot of work for me to actually yeah. do some of this stuff because I'm not actually into statistic. Well, I am now, but I wasn't yeah. before. <laughs> um, we, I surveyed uh, 545 people. 
um, in 11 different churches. So, um, yeah, it was, it was quite a task. The biggest task, I think, was convincing people to do the survey. Oh, yeah. really? Uh, people do not like doing surveys. And this survey, because it covered so many things, is it covered um, basically how people felt about um, how they were being treated by different generations and also um, their well-being and how their walk with Christ was going. Um, it, it was a survey that took most people about 12 minutes to do. It was 117 questions. So, oh, wow. um, so it's a very thorough, and then there was the interviews as well. And I, I've, I think it's over 600 minutes worth of wow. recording that I had with people just to find out what what they actually thought in their own words about different mm. topics. Be very thorough. You should have asked me, mate, because I love doing surveys. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm like a huge survey geek. I'm like, yeah, I'll answer all your questions. Ask anything you want. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask. I, I was actually interested before when you said that. Um, you know, people who who have intergenerational relationships are often healthier, right? Mm. And I was like, man, I'm gonna live forever because I got like best friends in in all age spectrums. That's cool. Yeah, I was into. I got, and that's very typical of your generation. Oh, is it? Millennials are another nickname for them are um, the Bridger generation. Hey, the go. previous generations, um, they just, um, especially the baby boomers uh -huh. with their with their parents. Um, there's huge clashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but millennials, they're sort of like, yeah, that, that's fine that you think that way. That's that's all right. Yeah. I still love you. You do let's, you. Let's I'll do me. let's hang out. Uh -huh. Um, as long as you, um, as long as you respect care about me yeah. and respect me, we're we're cool. You can have a different opinion. Whereas yeah, some of the cool. previous ones, really? are, that's funny because yeah. it seems so different on it, on uh, online when you're looking at like people like being all trolling each other because they have different opinions. Mm. But yeah, but I was th I was thinking how cool like if I ever do get married, right? My lineup of bridesmaids is going to be like one hodgepodge of women. That's cool. <laughs> that's that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to that thing. Um, I'm looking forward to how your bridesmaid photo shoot. <laughs> that's <laughs> the thing I'm looking forward to about getting married. Um, but yeah, I do want to ask, like, what makes a community intergenerational? Because there are five factors apparently, right? Yes. Um, just looking at all the literature that had gone before me, uh. Basically, I, I figured that there was five specific factors um, and one specific piece of evidence that you can you can tell. Um, the first one is positive interaction. Mm -hmm. I mean, people need to be talking to each other. And sometimes people say, yeah, I, I talk to such and such group. But are you are you is it negative? Are you just telling them what to do all the time? <laughs> That's not positive. Um, so positive interaction. There's connectedness. Does mm -hmm. the group actually feel like they're they're a group do they belong um are they united um there's interdependence where um the different generations feel as though they're benefiting by the other generations being around uh there's accommodation and this is a big one this means that um i'd rather not do things that way or list or have this style or, or whatever but because I think that you're important. I'm going to give up some of what I want so that you can have what you want. Mm -hmm. okay. So accommodation is selflessness, basically. Uh -huh. which is, um, And then empowerment. Are the generations actually given authority and power? Um, is it all just owned by one generation? And I've been to churches and communities where very much the power is all in Sometimes it's the older, often it's the older, but, yes. but I've also been to churches where everything is about the young people uh -huh. and the, the older people get pushed to the side. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what? Now that you've said that, that really clearly identifies for me something I don't like about a church. Because people are like, oh, do you like, you know, some more young churches or, or older churches? And I've always thought to myself, I don't think I like either. I like the family. And I always say the word family churches. Mm. But what I guess what I'm really saying is I like the ones where everyone's included. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I guess that's, wow, that's really just brought me some clarity. Mm. Yeah, I don't like it when, when one, one generation is running the show completely. No. Yeah. Because they each have, there's, there's good and bad things about every generation. Right. Um. I know there's one generation, um, most of them are gone now, called the greatest generation. That's not even, that's not actually a, a, a good um, name. You can I've tell they came up, they, they came up with it themselves, themselves of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but there, there is not one generation that's better than the others because every generation has things that they struggle with and things that they're really good at, which is why we actually need to all be together. Yeah, I was actually about to ask you about that. I have a little question, a little curly question, see if maybe we can... Uh, 
pigeonhole you with this one. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So I guess the general belief is that everything's just getting worse progressively, right? And every generation yeah. is worse than the last and every generation annoys the generation previous. Y- and just you guys, when you think it couldn't get any worse. Like, you guys don't know what it's like. I'm a, I'm a post-millennial. Yeah. I'm a Gen Z. Like, I cop it, man. Oh, yeah. All the time. It's because like, you're, you're the youngest and you're coming into the workforce. Yeah. It's it, a tradition. Let's pick on whoever's youngest and point out all their flaws even though they're actually the least experienced and they have more growing to do so obviously it's going to be harder for them do you think that it actually is getting worse because i mean i think like in terms of like you know a great controversy perspective the world's all going in a pot anyway um the world has to end at some point it can't keep going the way it is you know and and men's hearts growing cold what is that all this kind of stuff you read in the bible do you think that sort of bleeds into this whole intergenerational stuff where like other generations really just getting worse are we like other other kids are little brats that we have running around the supermarket that you just want to backhand a couple of times are they actually like worse <laughs> i didn't say that um <laughs> you know what i i um i saw something on the internet the other day that i think summed it up really well um it's kids are not different these days parents are Ah, that's very Parenting has changed. That is very interesting. Um, I do think that society is getting worse, mm-hmm. but I have a huge amount of hope for the younger generations. And I also have hope for the older generations because they're actually changing. They're actually adapting, mm-hmm. which um, 20, 30 years ago, they didn't adapt at all. Whereas these days, the older generations are starting to think younger. Um, but I have a lot of hope um, for um, the generations that are coming. But... The way that society and we children are raised by society, they're like the parents raise them, but the parents get their ideas from society, and um, I really believe that um, the diffusion of responsibility. We're saying we're basically most people are passing all their parenting onto teachers. Yeah, and teachers are legislated by the government, government. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so who actually Who's raising a child? Who's setting the standards? Exactly. Yeah. And and once again, which is why we actually need to, as a whole community, with every generation in it, we all need each other. The older people need the younger people. Um, if there's no young people, well, for one, the community is dead, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, the older people get passion. They get new ideas from the younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I lecture... Um, students in education who are going to teaching and and i tell them um don't let people look down on you because of how young you are uh because you're going into teaching and you haven't had five years ten years experience like other teachers uh i said because you guys are actually walking in with the latest methods yeah Mm. um and the older we need them we we need them we need their experience and wisdom yeah absolutely i completely agree that's so powerful that actually reminds me that actually takes my mind to a Bible verse um, and a biblical yeah, principle. Yeah, yeah, where Paul says to Timothy in yeah. the book of Timothy, he says, let no one despise your youth. Yeah. And the reason for that, the, the context of the book of Timothy was that Timothy was 18 years old pastoring a church, mm. you know, and, and, and I think all the insecurities and all the 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 different worries and anxieties that come with that being quite a young person who's a spiritual leader of a big group of people Mm. paul in his wisdom knew that there would be times where people you know would look down on timothy because of his age he says hey let no one despise your youth for that very reason that you're the one here that's doing the job like you're you know you're bringing this new fresh perspective you're following christ with everything you have like Praise the Lord for you. In fact, that's that's the very reason why you're here. This is why I want you to do this job is because you're young and you're following God. And mm. that's awesome. And when you when you think about history, all the way back to Aristotle's time, we have writings that where the older people are saying, oh, the young people these days, they ju- they're just not. Oh, really? All the way, like thousands yeah, of years yeah, people wow. have been saying it. So have things changed? Yeah. It, like society has changed, but this whole idea that the young people are just falling apart, um, it, it's actually interesting. The younger generation surveys have actually shown that they are more likely to obey the law 
than the older generations and the previous ones before them. They have less incidences with the law in comparison to Gen X and baby boomers. (laughs) I love it. Did you hear that, baby boomers? (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear that, dad? (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. It just reminds me, um, just before I I took this position here at Faith FM, I, I had an older fella. Um, who heard that I was going to be flying up to Newcastle to audition for this role? He was like, "No, what are you doing? You know, you just gotta, you just gotta find one job and stick with it for thirty years. You know, you can't be like chasing then, these white rabbits and just yep. keep changing jobs and this and that and blah blah blah." And I was just like, "What do you mean?" Like, and, that, and that is that's the um, I call them traditionalists. Yeah. The, mm. the, um, they're well they're well past retirement age them and and the baby boomers but especially before the baby boomers that was very much the mindset you have a job you stick with it for your entire entire life life. Mm -hmm. um but as the generations have gone by that's become less now i think uh for like lawson they're they're thinking like maybe you might change careers like 10 times yeah yeah and but you know what i Um, i've changed career this is like the third time i'm changing careers right i've I've had i don't know how many jobs Mm. and i tend to think it's 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 no longer just the employees that are changing fast i think industry is also changing fast like i think if you wanted to stay in one job for 30 years you might have a bit of a a hard time doing that because Mm. they're gonna like keep changing and you only need this qualification that we're gonna we're shutting down we're opening something new like i think industry is changing is starting to get faster and faster as well. Corporations don't last that long. These exactly, days. Yeah. exactly. It's like, they, you know, they just they change, they merge, they, uh-huh. they split, they mm. yeah, yeah. And, and, and this is what we see. Like this is a direct result from from you know the industrial revolution and the technological revolution. That in the last one hundred years, we've seen more technological advancement mm. over the last five thousand years. You know, yeah. um, you you ask the question like, oh, you know. 5,000 years ago, how fast could someone go? And I was like, as fast as they could ride a horse. Yeah. And 200 years ago, it was the same. You know, like, mm-hmm. horses, like, that. And now, we're, we're living in a completely different world, which means, like, the traditionalist view uh, when it comes to the workforce is falling out of favor because mm-hmm. of the technological advancement. There are just so many yeah. new jobs and new positions and new things coming up. And it's just going to keep evolving and changing right rather than like because there wasn't that technological investment in the past and like, what was the purpose of changing yeah and i think there's actually danger in staying still because then you face redundancy yeah 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. oh yeah. it's just like the classic well you know the the baby booming business owner that's like um, oh when it goes to computers I'm out of here. Like when I have to run my business from a laptop, I'm gone and they are gone. Like yeah. those people who hold that mindset are gone. But but interestingly, I have so many of the older folks these days, they're onto it. They're changing. Like my wife's um my wife's grandma, she's 97 and she's she's on Facebook. She's been on it for Love the last it. like Five years. And so the ones who are succeeding, the older ones that are succeeding are the ones who are adapting. So maybe yeah, 100%. that's, a, that's a, a takeaway lesson is to keep adapting. Mm. Yeah. But, that, but that's the thing is that like, you know, you look at your most successful CEOs and all these guys, they are all baby boomers. They yeah. are all mm. like, like older generations who have adapted. That's yes. right. Yes. You know. Yeah. Yeah. When I see the, like, when I'm thinking about one person in particular, you know, he's a designer and, and, uh, and he's still like, he's still kicking well and truly. Uh, you know he's an older fella, but man, he is up on the tech. He's like more tech savvy than I am. He's mm. he's he's adapted. He's always just kept on top of it. You or know? you surround yourself with people who are good at that, and you you value right. them, and mm-hmm. um, you find people who can fill in all the stuff that you're not that good at. Isn't it interesting? I think like this is this is just talking is strengthening my 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 view. I guess that every generation is good mm. because yeah. we're we're living in a more divided world. Like more and more people like are becoming divided, mm. left, right, Republican, Democrat, and now also like, I don't think there's ever been as much talk about generationality as there's been now, mm. Mm. and yeah. like it's by like it's such a, you know, headline topic. It's of, how business is done. Yeah. yeah, but isn't aren't aren't the generations now shorter and there's new ones coming up quicker than they ever used to be? Yes, yes, and there's different. Um, there's different views on that. Um, I know, like McCrindle, they they have it now, so it's like 15 years. Um, I, I like a little bit longer than that, um, but um, yeah. And part of the reason is because of how fast society is changing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Um, 
Anyway, we, we're going to take a song break and we're going to come back um, <laughs> with the last section about Bible study, which we haven't really started yet. Maybe, maybe ha, we, maybe I said we a Bible will. verse. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get some, maybe we'll get some, um, some intergenerational uh, glimpses at marriage from Joe while he's still here. But for now, this is Leonie Gardner with People Get Ready.
a beautiful song and a beautiful reminder that Jesus certainly is coming again. Even if all this generational stuff is giving you a headache, don't stress. It'll all be over soon. <laughs> Do you reckon we're going to have generational in in, uh, in heaven? Like the baby boomers sort of equivalent in heaven? <laughs> I, I don't know. There's a theory that it repeats every four generations, the characteristics. Oh, okay. But that'll Ooh. take more of your time <laughs> yeah. interesting interesting theory yeah I, I, I do wonder whether or not we'll have the sort of uh, generational sort of um, breaks in heaven where we have sort of different characters for oh you definitely groups. will they'll just yeah. get a, they'll just get along That'll yeah yeah that's it <laughs> in perfect harmony yeah. different but fun okay I'm going to go to the clue for our uh, quiz. We've had clue one, two, three, four. Ooh, it's time for quiz number, uh, quiz clue number four, which is our final quiz clue. And then, and then Lawson and I, you and I are going to have to make up some homemade clues about this one. Yeah. Uh, so who am I? <clears throat> Excuse me. I tempted Jesus while he was in the desert for 40 days. Who tempted Ooh. Jesus in the desert for 40 days? Give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. 1-800-324-843. Uh, or you can text your answer zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Correct answer will win themselves a prize this morning. We're in the studio this morning with our guest Joe as a party. He's bringing mm. a party to the. <laughs> I love. I love. <laughs> he has a party. Yeah, yeah. In the and, studio. And um, we've been discussing at length about intergenerational. In, wait, wait, wait. Let me let me get this right. Intergenerationality. Did I get that right? Yeah. Dude, Bam, there you go. You, just like, call, you can just say intergenerational. That's cool. I'm like halfway to that PhD already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a great uh, great chat about this, uh, both on air and off air. Mm. And um, I, I guess I was always interested by how many different names they have for different <laughs> sections. It's a little bit confusing for me. But apparently that's someone. So I keep asking people, like, what am I again? And they're like, yeah, that's typical of your generation to not know what you are. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um we are going to move on briefly onto our study this morning, which mm. apparently is about marriage. Yes. So we're hoping Joe can tell us a little bit about uh, I'll do my best. marriage. And mm. do, does marriage look that different in in like these intergenerations in these generations? Um. Yeah, I I'd say it does. Just uh, looking at the the way the younger generations look at the older generations, and they sort of go, "What do I like? What do I don't like? What would I want to change?" Um. I think commitment's a big, a big one. Um, the older generations, the commitment for especially those who are seventies plus, commitment was was a big aspect of it. Um, no matter what, even if you didn't treat the other person that well. Whereas the younger people, um, they want to have commitment. Well, those those who've really thought about it want to have commitment, but they don't want to commit to someone unless it is going to be a good mm-hmm. a good relationship. Yeah. yeah. I guess something that that does cross my mind about this because it does seem like you know the younger generations are waiting longer um, to make some are but some are going really quick. Yeah, Yeah. and do do you know what's really interesting? I've noticed on Instagram because I don't have Facebook, but I do have Instagram. And when I'm going through Instagram and I see pictures of weddings, um, and sometimes I'll click through and I'll read about it or whatever, and uh, and I find that you know when it's a young couple that's getting married, I'm always like, oh wow, that's they're so young for this generation to be getting Mm. married. And when I read this story, the young ones that are getting married are almost always Christians. Mm. It's, it's really interesting. It's never like, you know, mm. uh, non-Christians. It's always Christians who are deciding to get married younger. But the thing that I was getting a little bit worried about with this, with this, this the current and I suppose still coming generations of, of kids who are waiting longer to get married, I, it, it makes me worried about the, the babies that they're going to have because, you know, when you're a geriatric mother, which is basically a mother over the age of 30, I think, yeah there's going to be a lot of health issues and health risks that come with that, yeah. which makes you wonder, like... Well, it's it's also, it's not just that, like, because we, we waited longer to have kids mm-hmm. and um, we have we have kids the same age as students that we taught. Like, the, the students we taught, when my wife was a high school teacher as well, they have kids the same age as we do. Oh, we, wow. we waited longer. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Uh, my wife will go to mum's um, groups and play groups and stuff. And we have a three-and-a-half-year-old. Mm-hmm. And um, we're both in our 40s, early 40s. And um, my wife will have friends who are in their 20s who have the kids the, who have yeah. kids the same age. And they'll be doing stuff and they'll be running around. And, and we're just like, 
I'm just tired. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't have the energy. I'll watch. Um, yeah. Uh, and it do, it makes a difference in that respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting. Um, Fully. What else is happening in the study this, today? Uh, I, I think um, something that the, the study talks about is this whole idea of, you know, faith being in the middle of relationships mm. and how, you know, the, the whole concept of being equally yoked. Um, with one another, but something that that I am sort of sort of looking at now is in First Peter chapter three and verse one. It gives the advice. It says, "Wives likewise be submissive, mm. submissive to your own husbands, that even if you do do not obey the word, they without the word uh, may be won by the contact conduct of of their wives." Um, we see this like whole aspect here of like submission. Submission. Um, you know, and, and obviously the caveat to that uh, is, you know, husbands love your wives, yes. wives submit to your husbands. And, oh, man, I'm just noticing today, I, I recently I watched a video online and it was, you know, put out by, it's actually like a government-sponsored agency, like about, you know, you know sexual harassment and, and how we shouldn't do that. And it was getting people's opinions on relationships in which, like, the people are allowed to sleep around and have multiple partners. Mm. And it's interesting to see like all the people from my generation are like, Oh yeah, it's okay to have like non monogamous relationships. They say everyone's cool with it. But honestly, like that's what I see as the, the breaking down of marriage. And that's mm. like where we're heading, where marriage is becoming less and less important. Um, and where like people are like, there's a higher rates of, of, you know, you know, sing, single pregnancy and, mm. and all these things is coming from the fact that we aren't monogamous. Mm. And that's something that, that our generation is promoting more and more and more. And I'm seeing it as such a negative thing. And I'm just like, oh, like, do you, do you happen to know, like, like, is, is, are we seeing a big declining rate? Cause it feels like we yeah. are. Loneliness is massively on the rise. Mm-hmm. There's more and more people who are living by themselves. Yes, um, and and this is this is in Australia. This is in in North America. This is in England in the UK. Um, there's more people who are living by themselves. And interestingly, uh, what's going with that rate is depression. Mm-hmm. So we we are not our well being is 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 decreasing as um, our our integration with other people are also decre- decreasing. So mm. being connected to other people and having deep connections with other mm. people, which is what you'd have in, in marriage. Yeah. Um, it's, it's actually something that makes us healthy mm. and it's better financially as well. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. That's such a, that's such a good point. So it's like we're living in a culture where like, we're losing monogamy for the purpose of, oh, yeah, everyone can just be connected. But because of that loss of monogamy and that deep-seated relationships, we're losing connection as well. Like, it's not actually working out. It's actually the the two most selfless things you could ever do in your life is get married and have children. Mm. 100%. Those are the two most selfless things that you can do. And so to actually not do that, it's it, it's it's sort of self because you're you're wanting to you're just looking out for yourself. Mm. Um, you just you don't have to worry about what the other person thinks. You just do whatever you want. Yeah, um, right. But that's actually killing society. Wow, that's so <laughs> profound. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, oh my goodness. My well, mom's single. Let's. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm self. I don't share chocolate. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we are. Oh my goodness. We are still out of time, but I still have so many more questions. Thank you so much for joining us today, um, Joe, as a party. Uh, if you want more information, give us a call here, 1 800 Faith FM, and we'll be sure to push you in the right direction. Uh, for now, this is Matt uh, Minicus featuring Clint McCoy with Chief of Sinners. Enjoy this song.
Looking for free, wholesome fun for the kids these school holidays? Maitland Church is having its winter break frog fun day again for six to nine-year-olds. What do you mean frog, Lyle? Is this a fun day for amphibians? No. Frog stands for fully relying on God. And this holiday's theme is dare to be different. Activities include songs, Bible stories, crafts and snacks. This is a one-day-only special event on Wednesday, the 10th of July, starting at 9am. To register your kids, call 0411 The address is 72 Brunswick Street, East Maitland. Kids, you are welcome to bring all your friends, but book now as spaces are limited. That number again, 0411 760. Hi, I'm Delaine. Hi, I'm Sunny. Hi, I'm Drago. Hi, I'm Nigel. And we'd like to invite you to our church, the, the Southern Illawarra Seventh-day Adventist Church. We meet every Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m. to study the Bible, followed by our main service at 11.30 a.m. You can find us at 107 to 109 Princess Highway, Dapto. We are in the High Ninja Hall inside the Dapto Ribbonwood Centre. For more information, you can get in touch with us on Facebook. Just search for Southern Illawarra Seventh-day Adventist Church. Or contact us on 0402-716-762. We hope to see you soon and stay tuned to Face FM. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
That was for him. Be thou my vision. You are listening to breakfast show with Lawson and Mon. Lawson, yes. I'm a little, a little bit annoyed with you. I'm not going to lie. Why? Mm. What? Is, what? Because you've been coughing and spluttering all morning on the breakfast show. No, I now my throat is getting sore. No, I haven't. You have been. No, I haven't. You've been snorting and sniffling and carrying on like a snuffleupagus. <laughs> <laughs> and that's impressed with you right now. I have. I literally have. A New Year's resolution to not get sick for the year of 2019. Well, you know then just why? don't. Do you know why? Why? Because I was sick more than I had ever been in my entire life throughout 2018. 2018 mm-hmm. was the sickest year of my life and I was oh, sick of being sick. sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant. You're such a millennial. <laughs> what do they call your generation? I'm a post-millennial. You're such a post-millennial. <laughs> anyway, uh, it is time for our cue of the... Oh, wait. One more clue for our quiz. We need, oh, we need a homemade quiz uh, clue. Oh, homemade quiz clue. This person's called the son of the morning. Okay, let's Ooh, continue on. Wait, I didn't catch that on Instagram. I'll record myself. This person is called the son of the morning. Give us a call if you know who that is and we'll send the prize. But for now, it is time for our cue of the D, our question of the okay. day. What is the question of the day? Lawson, we've had a message coming this morning, actually. What does it mean by, for the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath? Ooh. And go. Yes. Yes. Oh, this is an awesome question. Okay. Immediately where my mind goes, for the son of man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus says that in, I believe, two of the Gospels, Matthew and Mark. I'm going to go to the Gospel of Mark chapter 2 and verse, I'm just going to read verse 23 to 26. This is what the Bible says. Are you ready? Now it happened that he went in through the grain fields on the Sabbath day. This is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they went, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? But he said to them, have you never read that David did uh, when he was in need and hungry? He did those with him. He went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, and he ate the showbread, which was not lawful to eat except for the priest. Um, and he also gave some of those to some to those who were with him. And he said, "The Sabbath was not made for man. Uh, sorry, the Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath." So that's where this quote comes from, and that's the context. Ultimately, the Pharisees say, "You guys are doing something you shouldn't be doing on the Sabbath," and Jesus says, "No." I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, like that. That that's what's going on here. So, what does that mean? A lot of people quote this passage and say, "Oh, that means we don't have to keep the Sabbath because the disciples weren't keeping the Sabbath," and that is exactly not what is happening. What is happening here? Because if you go to Exodus chapter twenty, you read the Sabbath commandment: "Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do your work, but the seventh is the Sabbath of the Lord your God." Ultimately, what God is getting to is like, don't. Earn money on the Sabbath, don't spend money on the Sabbath, and remember God. You know, and and Jesus, he's always working. Like whenever it comes to this topic of the Sabbath, the Pharisees are trying to impose. They say, oh, but don't you know that in the rabbinical law that the Bible says, like, not the Bible, but the, the, the you know, the, the rabbinical law says you can't do this on the Sabbath, you can't do that on the Sabbath. And Jesus, what he's doing here is he's getting it back to basics. And he's like, no, the Sabbath is about worshiping me. The Sabbath is about worshiping me and loving me for who I am. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Revelation 4.11. The Bible says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. What that ultimately means is we worship God, and we worship Him on the Sabbath, because that's the day that God has given us to worship Him for creation. We worship Him because it was Him that created. It was Him that did everything. So when Jesus is saying, I'm Lord of the Sabbath, he's, He's not saying, don't keep the Sabbath. In fact, what he's referencing um, is the fact that he created the Sabbath to worship him on. He's created the Sabbath to give him glory. And going and plucking heads of grain to eat is, isn't working on the Sabbath. And it's it's just doing something that you do on the Sabbath that is a part of your worship of God. And immediately where my mind goes then is you know in, in John where it says, you know, by him all things were created and without him nothing was made that was made. This is talking about Jesus. Jesus is like... Okay, the Sabbath is about creation. Like, we keep the Sabbath to honor God for creation. And I'm the one who created. Therefore, I'm the one who you worship on the Sabbath. And so, yeah, it's just this really interesting thing. I really love this verse. I love talking about the Sabbath. I wish I had some more time to to really go through and expound it. But ultimately, the point of what Jesus is saying is, hey, the Sabbath is about worshiping me, not keeping silly rabbinical law commandments. 
It's about worshipping me, remembering me for what I did and for what I created. But yeah, that's basically, that's the answer to the question. This is Michael Card the with The Gentle Healer. healer came into our town today To touch blind eyes and the darkness left to stay But more than the blindness He took their sins away The gentle healer came into our town today the gentle healer came into our town today he spoke one word that was all he had to say and the one who had died just rose up straight away the gentle healer came into our town today. Oh, he seemed like just an ordinary man. With dirty feet and rough but gentle hands. But the words he says are hard to understand. And yet he just an ordinary man. The gentle healer, he left our town today. I just looked around and found he'd gone away. And folks from town have followed him, they say. Just the gentle healer is the truth, the life, the way. Welcome back to The Breakfast Show with Larson and Moun. Instead of Lyle. <laughs> Bye, Lyle. Bye. <laughs> Man, the way that you say that, just like... <laughs> Lyle knows I love him. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Hey, it is time for our giveaway because yeah, we have reached away. the end of our breakfast show. show, 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 show. It's time for breakfast to be over. Time to move on to your, your daily lives and head towards lunchtime. But mm-hmm. taking you into lunch is this giveaway. If the first person to call through right now at 1-800-FAITH-FM, that's 1-800-324-843, first person gets a copy of a book by Ellis Johnson called What's Got You? And it's about, it's a, it's a Christian living uh, book. And it says, your attachments have a right to place a demand on you. So it sounds a bit weird. So it says, have you ever wondered how, why you're actually succeeding so much in one area of your life and failing miserably in another all at the same time? What area of your life is not working right? Is it finances, relationships, career? In this enlightening book, uh, the author, Ellis Johnson, answers this question. She has powerful revelation concerning the attachments in our lives, the associations we have with people, organizations, and even material things. These attachments have the power to repel our success or ensure our failure. You will learn what a God-ordained attachment is, how attachments tell the story of your life, why they can literally control areas of your life, and how to cut off wrong attachments once and for all. Really interesting book. I think I might need to read this one myself. Although I'm doing pretty good with chopping off attachments to several things at the moment, like material things, just spring cleaning. (laughs) Hashtag Marie Kondo. Um, (laughs) But give us a call if you'd like a copy of this book totally for free. Ellis Johnson, What's Got You?, our number here is 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. If you would like to study more about the Bible, you can also call that same number and we can definitely hook you up with some Bible studies. Lawson, thank you so much for joining mm. us, filling in for Lyle, and we'll be back, the two of us, tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news. But for now, we hope you have a blessed and wonderful day.